Welcome back to Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays. Angel DiCarlo, Kevin Downey with you. If you're going to today's Notre Dame football game or any of the remaining home games this season, you may want to check out the Duncan First Floor Game Day Club. It's a new in-game hospitality experience happening every Notre Dame football home game, complete with beer, wine, and live entertainment. You hear that? Beer and wine during the game available by being a part of the Game Day Club. For more information and to purchase, visit venue.nd. .edu. All right, exciting segment now because the champ is here. Notre Dame women's basketball coach, two-time national championship coach, Muffin McGraw is with us. And uh, Coach, uh, if if anyone's ever celebrated a championship better than you have, I'd like to meet them. Uh, you've soaked in every single moment of the last five months, haven't you? I really have, and I am enjoying myself immensely. We've been treated to so many wonderful things. Uh, I've just I've enjoyed it. But I have to say, going to Wrigley was at the top of the list. That was amazing. Sing and take me out to the ball game, a little off-key, but we, we got through it with all the right words. Just like the Harry Carey, right? <laughs> well, that was always off-key too, right? Uh, I, mean, I mean, all the things you've gotten to do, um, you go to Wrigley, you, you, you went to the White Sox, you did the South Bend Cubs, you guys did your Italy trip, which was uh, your great thing for over the summer you had the traveling trophy tour all over town i mean you've you've been everywhere yeah we have we have last week we walked around the tailgates with the trophy to take it to a couple of of places and we're, we're just we're having a blast i mean it was such an amazing season incredibly hard incredibly difficult during the year to go through all of that but to come out at the end as a champion and just to watch the girls the reaction their faces the joy the celebrations uh just don't want it to end yeah and with that you know, every season has some adversity, but your uh, injuries and, and just how your team came together and new people would step up. Can you take us into that a little bit? Because it was amazing. Uh, it really was, Kevin. I'll tell you, it, it was every single day you wondered what was going to go wrong. I, I think, I don't know if that's a Catholic school thing. You're, you're always waiting for the other <laughs> shoe to drop. You know, it can't be good all the time. Um, and, you know, you have one injury, Brianna Turner not coming back, and then so you go, okay, we, we'll, we'll be okay. And then... Arguably your best player. Definitely the best player. And then you, uh, you watch Michaela Vaughn go down, who was Brianna Turner in training and doing all those things that Brie could do. You know, then you get Jessica Shepard back, so you think, okay, we'll, you know, we trade one for one. But then, I mean, then the, just the wheels started falling off. And when you lose your best defensive player, the backup point guard, and then you lose Lily Thompson, who was going to be the point. She was the starting point guard. Um, it, it's such an important position. But it wasn't just that. It was Catherine Westbell getting elbowed in the eye, and she can't play because she can't see. And Jackie Young breaking her nose. And somebody gets, you know, another ankle, just some small injuries. But somehow we weathered it all. Did you have to suit up in practice? At all? <laughs> My whole staff did, but not me. I was definitely in the reserve line. Uh, something that's undervalued in your practices that don't get talked about much is your practice squad. Um, it's it's a group of guys that comes in and, and gives you guys some work. Can you talk about them and how important they are, especially last year when obviously you could not field uh, another another team to go against your starting five? It's they are amazing what they do, what they put up with, and we cannot give them really anything. You can't give them any money. You can't give them food. You you really can't hardly give them anything except a pair of sneakers and some practice clothes. So they are so important to us because they're first of all they're really talented. They beat us pretty much every day. Uh, we've got some big guys, and depending on who we're playing, uh, they have a, the scouting team. You know, today you're left-handed. Today you're only shooting threes, and you know you're in the post. <laughs> but you got to dribble every time you get it, 
And these guys are great. They do whatever we ask of them. And we had about 17 last year. I mean, wow. We had a huge group. Of course, they couldn't all come every day with their class schedules, but they'd come at 7 a.m. practices, 6 a.m. practices. They'd come on Saturdays before a football game. That was the toughest one to get them out on Saturdays <laughs> before the game. Uh, but I'll tell you, I don't know what we do without them. And when we didn't have them over Christmas, because, again, we're not allowed to pay for them to stay, we, we really that's, – that's when we – we kind of went downhill. You know, we had that huge loss at Louisville. We, we were basically having a walk-through practice, suited up our manager, you know, yeah. just to <laughs> Neil Ivy's out there playing. And uh, it, it, was, it was really rough for a while. I mean, you mentioned the Louisville loss, and I, I think the turning point of the season, we'll all agree, is that Tennessee game when you guys were down big at home and then all of a sudden you come back. But if I told you at the Louisville loss that you guys were going to win the national championship, <laughs> I, I think – crazy would be beyond that would be an understatement probably you were probably just hoping to make it to the sweet 16 at that point i i, I thought we we're in the nit at that point <laughs> well now sure. we're now yeah. we getting crazy but <laughs> we did you know I, I kept thinking you know we haven't beaten a good team since we're down to seven players yeah. and i know how the ncaa tournament committee works you, you've got to have the big wins you've got to have your resume and we really we didn't beat any ranked teams all of our good wins were with a different team so we were waiting for for that resume to start building up and uh, i mean i'm definitely the catastrophe around every corner I mean I am uh, I'm in the Lou Holtz school of everybody can beat us and we're not very good today so it uh, it definitely I would have been shocked and you know I was that was the worst loss ever but we we've had some bad games during the season we were at Penn uh, got back home to Philly all my friends and family are there and uh, we played awful and it was our second lowest point total of the season and those people in the stands were quite surprised to see us win the national championship. It was kind of like a Notre Dame Ball State last week on yeah. the football field, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> Notre Dame women's basketball coach <laughs> Muffin McGraw joining us here on Notre Dame FCU's Irish Sports Saturdays. Go ahead, Kevin. Uh, Muffin, I think one of the neatest things for me, uh, well, I guess two things. Number one, uh, as a coach, your longevity to be, you know, that was always one of my dreams, which ironically I'm not doing now, but <laughs> to go to one school, stay for a long time, you know, have a lot of success and really have those deep roots. Um, but obviously Notre Dame's a special place. Um, what do you attribute, I guess, your longevity and, and obviously now your love for Notre Dame and the community? You know, I'm just so blessed uh, to be able to be at Notre Dame. Uh, I feel like I'm the luckiest person in the world. I live in my dream every single day. I still get excited walking across campus and seeing the Golden Dome. Um, you know, when the band comes marching through, that's it for me. I, I love the band. And I think it's it's unique now. I think you're going to see less and less of this with people staying at one place, even in a job. Uh, people just don't stay at the same job for a long time. But I've been fortunate to work with some tremendous leaders with Father Jenkins, came in with Father Malloy, uh, Jack Swarbrick, Kevin White, Dick Rosenthal. There's been so many. I've I've had quite a few athletic directors. And uh, it's, it's just something you have to kind of reinvent yourself, though. I mean, you can't be the same person you were when you started, when, when Bobby Knight was the coach in Indiana that everybody looked at and respected. Um, you know, that's how every coach was back in the day. But this generation, uh, you can't coach them that way. So I had to constantly reinvent myself. One year ago, a little bit more than a week ago, you went into the Naismith Hall of Fame. You really decided to prove those guys right, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, it took a long time to get there. <laughs> 888 career wins starting at Lehigh and then uh, of course the 800th win at Notre Dame happens to be the national championship so how awesome is that all right let's let's go to final four weekend let's go to Columbus um, you're you're going up against UConn 
And here we go again. The same old talk. Can you guys beat UConn? Can you beat UConn? And um, you knew it was an uphill battle, and it was during the game. And then all of a sudden, something clicked. What clicked? You know, this this was a team of fighters. This is the first and only team I've ever had that really was comfortable coming from behind. You know, every team I've had, we get up a couple points with a few minutes left in the game. We were going to win. Give the ball to Lindsey Allen. The, the game was over. So for us coming from behind became that's the thing with this team uh, they couldn't handle a lead you know we, we almost played better when we were behind <laughs> I didn't really care for that myself. <laughs> a little nerve-wracking on that the coach. was not well how I wanted it to go but uh, but that was the good thing so we came from behind in so many other games that you know when you get behind you just think hey you know that's nothing we know we can come back so we go into the Connecticut game and actually we started out really well we're winning in the first quarter and I'm thinking dang this is it we are we are looking good because you know we've only beaten them in the semifinal you know yeah. we've never beaten him in a final so that was that was definitely on our side and um you know we had our normal second quarter breakdown and got got behind came back up five with 22 seconds to go like the game is over that game was over and um just somehow we, we gave it away gave up a three gave up a two and in 22 seconds not only did they tie the game they had a chance to win it so demoralizing at that timeout between the overtime and regular did you think that was it you know, I, I, I kind of felt like I cannot give in and, and strangle them right now. <laughs> I've got to, I can't. I've got to wait till after the game to just tell them how bad that was. So, you know, we just, we moved on and that was important because at that point you're like, we're in the final four. How the heck did we even get here? Yeah. We, you know, we're, we're overachieving to get here. So, you know, let's, let's just leave it all out there. And uh, Jackie Young, boy, she just she took over the game, and that was amazing to set up the heroics for the end of the game. And we haven't mentioned we've been talking to you for seven eight minutes now, and we have not mentioned the name Arike Agumbale. <laughs> uh, how ridiculous! Let we'll we'll talk about the national championship in a second, but how ridiculous was just the shot to win it against UConn? You know, she is fearless. You know, you've seen her play so many times. Um, she doesn't let anything bother her. Doesn't matter if she's missed the last 10 shots, and I think she she might have in that game. Uh, she was really not playing that well, not shooting that well. But at the end of regulation, I looked at her face in the huddle, and she was mad that she didn't have the ball in her hands. So I knew at that moment I was going to give it to her if we had a chance at the end of the game. So, you know, we had a lot of time, 17 seconds. She gets the ball. We're trying to run pick and roll. She did it, executed perfectly. And what kid doesn't dream about that every day outside shooting hoops and just thinking you're going to have a game-winning shot? But on that stage, what a remarkable shot. And then she doesn't do it once. Yeah. She does it twice, and she does it to win the national championship two days later against Mississippi State with .1 seconds left, hitting a three at the buzzer. I mean, this she will go down as one of the most clutch players in the history of sports, really. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's never been done before, and certainly not twice on yeah. that stage uh, to see that much excitement. And I know this Final Four definitely is going to go down as the best ever. And I know uh, we're all biased. We but are not biased slightly, at all. But, <laughs> <laughs> but still, it was. It, it was, was. How can you – that was unbelievable. Yeah, and so many people across the country who aren't even huge women's basketball fans – just thought it was amazing to see the end of that game and and to see somebody do it twice I mean uh, just it's astounding and then obviously uh you look now and you got to start planning for the season I'm just wondering have you been planning for the season (laughs) or have you been soaking in every I know you have yeah but how much have you been soaking in the championship as much as possible until you 
you possibly can and then maybe even take it a little further and before you're actually like, all right, all right, I got to start worrying about November 9th. Well, you know, it's funny. We had we practiced this summer because we went on a foreign tour. So the NCAA gives you 10 practices and. You know, about the eighth practice, we felt like, God, is it February? I mean, we feel like we're already so back into the season. And, um, you know, we kind of dialed it back a little bit and, and thought we, we really need to make this a little more fun. I mean, we are going to Rome and Croatia. We, we should mm-hmm. enjoy ourselves while we're over there. Uh, but we got into the games and back on the sideline. It didn't take me too long to get back into game form and not be <laughs> happy with absolutely anything that was going on out there. Well, it, and again, you talked about it. It's a year year round process. So mm-hmm. I'm always interested in the part I loved about coaching was the being in charge of the practices. So, is there things that you did? You know, you mentioned the break, like things that I never thought of, where your practice players weren't there. What kinds of things do you do to vary uh, practice, maybe to keep it fresh or to uh, change it up, either dial up the intensity or kind of scale it back so that the the girls are fresh and ready to play? I have to say, I love practice. That is absolutely my favorite part of coaching. I I just, I love it. I love getting into the gym every day with them. I love just drawing stuff up on a napkin and, you know, watching something on TV and drotting it down and then trying to put it in and, uh, you know, hoping that it comes to fruition. It usually doesn't. But I like to mix things up. I like to keep it fresh. Um, I'm very efficient. We don't practice very long. We practice about an hour and a half. Uh, we're intense. We get things done. Everything has a goal. There's time on the clock or there's a score. Mm-hmm. Um, everything is competitive. Um, we try to mix up the team so that's even more competitive. Um, and, and it is. We, we, you know, we break things down. We work on exactly what we're going to do in a game. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really big on any drill that we do. It's got to be this is how it's going to be in the game. And there's a lot of times we'll watch film and say, we, we just did that defensive drill at practice yes. <laughs> and you know we didn't do it exactly the same way um but it's yeah it's it's definitely a challenge i think these kids they, they make a lot of sacrifices it's a it's a hard work for them well and you said too changing over time so like this generation uh they're they're really in tune with technology and you have to be I hate to say it but entertaining you have to hold their attention some way so i'm sure that um you know, being able to touch them and to reach them and to teach them when they are uh, ready to learn is really huge. You know, this generation needs the buy-in. They need to have an opinion. This is not, this is what we're going to do. And, you know, mm-hmm. this is because I said so. This is a generation that wants to know why. They want to know why it's important. And I give them a lot of room to discuss things. I value their opinion. We collaborate tremendously with them in what we're doing, especially the older ones. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely not the freshmen as much. But we talk about, here's what here's what we're doing in the scouting report. we got a 2-3. We have a 1-2-2. Two, two. We have a one three one. We got a triangle and two. We got the box. What did you feel like today, you guys? What did you really like? So when they say I like the two three zone, and then we play the two three zone, you know, it was kind of their idea. Yeah. And you know they make the team rules. They set the team goals. Uh, there's there's just a lot of back and forth. My my former players will come back and say, first of all, you're so soft because they're not. <laughs> we in never that did line. it that way. <laughs> <laughs> and wait a minute, you're listening to their opinion, you know. Um, so I think I think it's great though. I I love the way this generation thinks, but it's uh, it's got to be important to them. All right, uh, Notre Dame women's basketball coach Muffin McGraw joining us. Coach, November 9th, you open up the season uh, at home against Harvard. That'll feature St. Joe alum Madeline Rastner. She's a captain for Harvard, so that would be really neat. But that'll be the night yeah. the the banner comes down, and I know you always spent every pregame staring up at what you always called the lonely banner. Yeah. 
Is it going to be weird to see another one uh, up there? It's going to be great to see another one up there. And that, that game is at 4 o'clock in the afternoon because it's a football weekend and there's a volleyball game. So I'm not sure we're going to drop the banner then because okay. I'm not sure if the crowd – you know, we'll be able to get there for four o'clock. So we might do it Monday night against Penn. We've so got you actually Ivy laugh opening. as you only see I, the I, one Yeah. <laughs> so now I'll be like, you're going to have company. <laughs> you got a little sister coming. And then finally, Cat uh, Westbelt is gone, but you get Brianna Turner back and Michaela Vaughn back. Um, uh, this team could be better than last year's. You know, they, they could be, but I, I have to say all of the fans out there know how much we're going to miss Catherine and yes. Coco. Those two were such important players for us you got that player that's the glue of the team you, you can't win without the guy that's doing the little things and not worrying about scoring um brianna turner the great scorer she's going to give us so much um but who's going to be that facilitator that's going to keep us together coach thank you very much for joining us and uh, best of luck all season and enjoy the celebration a little <laughs> longer, <laughs> thanks <right>? angelo <laughs>